Hi, welcome to Dreams Recycle Podcast. This is Tiffany Ann, your host. And today we're speaking to Cameron. Um, Cameron is a single dad who has 50% custody of his children. And we're talking to him about the challenges and the triumphs of divorce from the male perspective, which of course is good for everyone to understand both sides of the story. So welcome, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So, so I see your stuff on the internet, on Instagram and stuff, and you're a very positive voice for, you know, a, a still daddy, right? So, so how did you come up with that idea for the Instagram name and, and what is your kind of message out there? Well, it was, it, it, uh, I mean, through, through the divorce process, um, you know, there was a several months of, of, of struggle in trying to find myself. And, uh, the one thing I always, you know, kept coming back to was I'm still a, I'm still a dad. I, mm -hmm. I still am dad to my kids. Um, and that became sort of the, the, uh, my center point, uh, and, and what I sort of uh, focused on. Um, and so I created a, a, a blog so I could sort of start writing about some of the challenges that, that, uh, I, I came across, um, over my, over my time period, uh, trying mm -hmm. to, trying to focus on, on staying the, to the positive side of things. Um, okay. and that sort of blossomed into, um, you know, uh, you know, having a Facebook account and going a little bit broader onto social media. And recently it's been on Instagram, as you, as you say, it's, uh, yeah. it's just something it's easy to get out there and it's very visible. Um, and it sort of allows me to sort of share the, the moments and the, and the, the, both the struggles and the positive things that you, you deal with. No, and it's such a good message. So, um, do you think that the divorce is very, very different being a single dad than a single woman, a single mom? Do you feel like there's a big difference? Um, I think that it becomes a, a socially perceived difference, um, mm -hmm. and that applies uh, some very different uh, aspects and pressures on on the person. Um, I so it's different because of the nature it's in. I think the, everyone's going to go through very similar struggles. They all, you know, coming off of divorce, you're all going to have financial struggles. It doesn't mean whether, you know, if you were the breadwinner or not the breadwinner, um, you're going to have financial uh, pressures and struggles afterwards. Um, you're going to have uh, loss and grief. Uh, doesn't matter of, you know, when it happened. Those are things that, that I think everyone goes through. Um, I think that uh, on the female side of things, from my impression, I think that they they generally uh, have a more social um, grouping, so they they yes. sort of bond a, a little bit more mm -hmm. and um, help help them each other. Um, yes. And a lot of a lot of males will uh, hide. Um, they'll sulk. They'll try and do it. They'll try and do it all on their own. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, that's exactly what I did. I, I let you know, I left a lot of my friends groups. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't like shun them. But I definitely I stopped going out. I, yeah. I stopped showing up and being a part of things, and that put me really much on my on my own. Right. And I think that's that's where a lot of guys you know go to and, and deal with. No, and I agree. I mean, I always tell the story. Like I think the difference between how a man and a woman handle divorce is that women do it out loud. Right? We sit on the sofa with our girlfriends. We drink wine. We cry. We like write crazy stuff on Facebook. <laughs> God knows what. Right. And we kind of are more emotionally driven to share that with everyone.
everyone, which actually has a benefit, right? Because you get the support back, even if it's a Facebook post and you go like, oh my God, I had such a horrible day and you get 15,000 people going, it's okay, Tiffany, you can do it, you know, keep going, whatever. And it's very unusual to find a man uh, very, you know, openly sharing their emotional pain and struggles with people. But it's such a positive thing to actually do because, as you pointed out, really we are no different. And it's why Dreams Recycled has always been co-ed <laughs> because there's no, there's no winners in divorce. It's an equal opportunity destroyer. And I feel very strongly that this is something that, you know, Men need support. Women need support. We may be slightly different in how we accept it or take it, but we all need it. So, you know, kudos to you and the other great men out there, you know, kind of being a lot more open about it. I think it's a really positive thing. Oh, thank you. It's, it was, I mean, one of the things that I... I found when I was going through it, I, I went out searching for stuff. I mean, it's you, whether or not you're sort of dealing with it on your own, typically you're still looking. You just sort of are looking a little bit more anonymously, if you, if you would. Yeah. Um, you're not doing it with your close friends. You're sort of just surfing the internet, trying to find, you know, uh, stuff that makes, you know, makes you feel better, makes you, you know that you're not, you know, uh, uh, lost completely. Mm -hmm. um, and what I found was it was, it was uh, run by uh, the the women uh, there mm -hmm. most of most of not all but most of the uh, uh, blogs out there and divorce accounts out there and divorce support groups out there are either run by you know women who have gone through it mm -hmm. uh, lending support or they're run by uh, heavily like church groups uh, yeah. and and that's where a lot of stuff dry, is driven from um, mm -hmm. so that's that's some of where well as I go sort of started getting through it it was like uh, it needs to be shared. Mm. So. No, it is a good thing. And so, so you're a single dad of two boys, which is fabulous. I have boys too. They are fun. No <laughs> doubt about that. Um, so, so I've uh, actually, obviously you're not the first male divorcee I might have spoken to. <laughs> but, so I was having a conversation a few weeks ago about um, in the workforce, how differently men who are single parents are viewed in the workforce to women who are single parents. So there seems to be the kind of consensus that there's a lot more empathy and sympathy to single moms to get out of work early and to go see the school play and to go do whatever. Whereas a working single man who has, you know, children. They still got to go work. They still yeah. got to work. Yeah. Um, so and, how, and, do you, how do you deal with that? And do you think that's true? Um, I, I think that it's, it's um, oh, they have to, like, most workforces will take an official stance of it, it it's equal. Mm -hmm. So, but there's the subtle, the subtle things that, mm -hmm. you know, the subtleties in it, the inflections in the voice, et cetera. Um, and it's, I think it's, it's looked at very much like parenting in general, being a, being a mm -hmm. dad, um, going home and, and take, like, dealing with school stuff because you're just dad and you've got to go do that right. or you have That's, a sick child right it doesn't matter whether you're in a relationship or not i think males are not there i think it's cultural i think it's society um mm. that drives the men are supposed to be working and it's okay that the women take off to go do it mm. um i remember before i was before i even had kids um 
there is a lot of uh, a lot of tension amongst the the younger crowd of well their parents but they still need to be here all day like i have to be here all day i can't go well hey i want to go out and have a drink this afternoon so i'm going to leave mm. early yeah. um, and yeah parenting actually that's a good point because to be to be fair parenting is not very popular in corporate america <laughs> anyway right they, they want you they want all of you they don't want you to have other responsibilities <laughs> hopefully we're getting away from this a little bit there are some companies out there that are doing much better i actually all my team are male and they're single dads and they're divorcees and and we have a very family friendly atmosphere because obviously that's what I promote. But also I think that's hopefully where the whole of America is going, that they realize that, you know, your job doesn't own you. You are still a person. You have family commitment. You have children. You have parents. You have whatever. Mm-hmm. No, it's, a, it's an obligation. I think, as I say, it, it's, it's the legal-wise, they're mm-hmm. required to, to, to support both. Um, uh, the, from a – sorry, um, from a – uh, it's sort of general, uh, you know, internal culture-wise. Um, there's a little bit of a shun, uh, but it, that is slowly changing. Um, I, and I think people are starting to recognize, hold on, we have a bad stereotype of of men uh, post-divorce, especially in families. Um, and the only way to really, you're telling, like the schools are saying, you know, come bring your dads, get involved in the schools, you know, mm-hmm. you're, yeah, you're as important and- as your, uh, to your kids as anyone else. Yeah. Um, so, that is an important thing. And they realize that, hold on a second, if we're telling the dads that they need to be part of their kids' lives, but they're not allowed to be a part of the kids' lives because they've got to work, that's a conflicting interest and a conflicting story. So I think society is slowly changing, but it's, it's long. <laughs> yeah, no, it's got a long way to go too, right? Yeah. So, so can you um, share with us maybe some tips that you found helpful, like after your uh, you know, initial divorce and when you started to have the children on a rotation, like how did you implement building a new life? I mean, I talked to this about all divorces. Like I think it's very important to create kind of a new beginning and you keep the mm-hmm. things that you like, but what did you do on a practical level? Um, well, you know, it, it, it is an ever-changing, ever-evolving situation, um, both as the kids grow mm-hmm. um, and it, as, as I became more comfortable with the situation, as they became more comfortable with the situation, um, and as how my life developed. It would, sort of went through a fairly, fairly rocky road there for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, you know, initially, it was a little bit of, of okay, so when I'm uh, when I was with them right off the bat, it was, I was all about them. Like everything mm-hmm. was about them. Um, and I was, I tried to play that, the perfect TV dad when I, mm-hmm. when I had them, because the last thing that I wanted to, to, them to do is, is to turn around and say, well, you know, I went over to dad's house and then all we did was watch TV and that was boring. So I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to go there. And, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I didn't want to inflict any of the things that I wanted to do you know, uh, while they were around. And uh, um, that became uh, very uh, challenging for me over, over time. Um, so you had, so basically you, you, at the beginning, you created almost like two lives, like it was single very, Cameron life and daddy Cameron life from what I, you're saying. I, yes, very much. Um, and it, and it became very evident of that um, mm. a few months in. Um, and then I, then I, you know, and in talking with people, I mean, it comes from, from talking to other people that have gone through it um, and, and being open and sharing the, the struggles that you're having and the struggles that they're having and what, cause 
you're not the first person to get divorced. You're not the last person that's going to get divorced. Um, so there are people out there that have, that have been through it and understand some of it. And while the situations are always very specific, um, they have some degree of knowledge and, and you can have a conversation. Um, mm. So what I learned was, hold, you know, the kids need to see me having a life too. Correct. They, they need that. Um, it's, it's when you're, when you're uh, a nuclear family um, and, 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 you know, sort of sitting there, the kids are viewing you as, as their parents, as you know, where they're going, they're, they're using you as an example. Right. We model them, right. It's very important to model, model, not just, you know, kind of, Oh no, it's more important to model it than actually even say it as I think what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, we all can preach to our children 24 hours a day. (laughs) Like that's my speciality, quite frankly, but I also are very big on modeling it because Mm -hmm. what you say and what you do can be very, very different. And so you are modeling that you think you're worthwhile when you take me time. You're modeling that you think that, you know, you have a good self-esteem and a good uh, sense of self when you do things for yourself in a positive way and your children see you doing things for themselves. Because you don't want your children to grow up and I don't want my children to grow up to be martyr to the divorced parents who were, you know, kind of given up their life to be the perfect single parent. I don't think anybody, you know, it's not helpful. And I don't think any kid even wants that. A kid wants a happy parent. And, and, they, and, they, and they need a happy parent. They, they, yeah. they, 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 uh, they need to see it because um, uh, it, it allows them to be happy. Uh, the kids go through, I, I, I believe, a lot of stress in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think most of that stress is seeing that their parents are hurting. Um, no, I, I actually... Their, parents, their kids pull from that a lot. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I have to agree that no kid wants to see their parent in anguish or sad or sorrowful and not for, you know, it's okay if they see you cry. I don't say, you know, I think that's healthy. They should, they should, I think they should see it. I think they should see you, you going through pain. Um, But they should also see, you know, the other sides. They need to see the full gamut of emotions. They need to see it's okay that they're sad. They need yeah. to see it's okay to be happy. Yeah. Um, but they and, need to see their parent not stay there, right? That's the problem. Right. Like you yeah. get into that very bad place. Like, <laughs> I write about it in my book. I had like eight months I didn't get out of bed. Like a child doesn't <laughs> see that, right? And well, so, they get worried. They get, yeah. they get worried at that point. No, they're yeah. very worried. And it's not healthy. And in hindsight, obviously, you know, I do what I do because I realized most of what I did was so wrong, right? <laughs> That's why I do what I do now. But, um, no, so I, so yeah, so I I moved and 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 started changing it up, and I'm I'm no longer that the well, I'm far from a perfect parent nowadays, um, but I I yeah, true true, um, but I I was trying to be that perfect parent, and I realized that that wasn't gonna that wasn't it. I I couldn't spend like when my time was with them. I always looked at it as limited. Now I've only got fifty percent of the time, so only you know three to four days a week. That's all I've got with them. Uh, mm-hmm. So that time is dedicated towards them, and I will have my fun on the other days that I, that I don't have them. Mm. Um, and, um, that didn't, that didn't overly work long term. Mm. Um, so we started doing things far more, bringing in our friends, going out and starting to do, you know, um, friend dates again, um, Mm. and, and hanging out at other people's houses and allowing them to play with their friends and me, see me talking with my friends and, Mm. and knowing that life was normal 
to some degree. Um, I maintained all, many of our, our, our activities that we had before. We did, were doing uh, Taekwondo beforehand. Um, so that was one thing that I sort of insisted upon doing for a long time afterwards was continuing the, the Taekwondo classes and, and going every day. Because um, that, was, that was really important to, to see that the continuality throughout, throughout the divorce and the follow-up. Right. Um, and yeah, so that life continued. Yeah, that life continued and, you know, like we're saying, you know, some new things are great and holding on to some of the older things and the traditions and the activities and stuff, stuff like that, I think definitely does um, create stability. I remember when um, I sat my children down and I told them that they were getting divorced, the only things they asked, mm -hmm. which I think is very profound, is that they asked three questions. Um, will they still live with me? Will they still go to the same schools and will they still see their dad? Mm -hmm. And that was all they wanted to know. They didn't want to know anything else. And I think that it's, um, you know, we don't give kids enough credit for dealing with change, but we also need to be aware that if a child has a certain routine and ritual, et cetera, that some of that, if we can keep it in place, is beneficial to them. They feel a lot less unhinged than mm -hmm. everything new all at once, et cetera. No, it was, and, and that kind of thing. I mean, we, when we uh, sort of announced the divorce, we, we took them to a park. We went out, we sat them down as a, as, as a couple and, and, and went through the, this is what's going to happen. And they had very, very similar questions. Like, like, mm -hmm. or, you know, is someone moving away? And like, so, mm -hmm. I mean, we were able to, to deal with it and, and, uh, answer those but it wasn't just answering those in words we then had to show them that that was the way it was mm. and, and put put reality to those words be behind it um, and and then it was like allow them to grow uh, mm. and, and allow yourself to grow um, you're gonna you're gonna have uh, uh, changing stuff you're gonna have healing stuff that you're gonna have to do you have to be okay to do that make sure you take care of that as you as you move through it um, and you know sort of allow yourself to to grow and change and mm -hmm. don't don't fight it you're not the same person that you were two years ago no one ever is right uh, no you're not it's life-changing absolutely life-changing so, you just recognize it and, and, and go with it. I think that's, that's where kids really have this, this, the strength over what a lot of us adults have um, is they're mm -hmm. able to, to roll with those punches and, and heal. Mm -hmm. Like if kids get sick and they're yeah. healthy the next day, they break a leg and they're running around a week later. <laughs> it's they heal yeah. and they, they, they uh, adapt a lot faster than, than uh, us older people do. So. Yeah, no, so you're absolutely right. So, okay, so not to put you on the spot, however, I'm about to. <laughs> no. Have you dated since you've um, been divorced? I have, definitely. Okay, was, so, um, so what, would your, uh, what would your advice be to men out there? How do you get back in the dating pool? Because it's pretty scary out there nowadays, right? It is, it is and it's, it's confusing and it's hard. And um, there's a lot of... I, I still have, like, it's been, you know, uh, three years since I, I, we've separated. Mm. Um, and uh, the, it's, it's hard to, to, to figure out. What I found is I get to a point in dating and then you mm. sort of, you know, there's these levels that you're supposed to go through, you know, you're, you're dating, it's fun, you get a little more serious and then you start to get into that, well, where's this going long-term? And for me, there is no long-term. Like the, the, that, that, well, that. Right was, now that there was, is no long-term. Fair, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but, 
but I mean, that's that that's just sort of, means you haven't met possible. the right person or it's not the right time. <laughs> very true. Very true. And and mm-hmm. and I'm that I'm open to I'm open to it. I'm over. But mm-hmm. when in my dating, when I've reached that point, you know, I wasn't ready. I wasn't mm-hmm. open to it. And um, but well, that's it, fine, right? Because because mm-hmm. I I advocate strongly, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I advocate strongly that the first year, especially maybe even the first two after divorce, mm-hmm. nobody should be in a serious relationship, especially if you've been in you know decades of marriage. <laughs> like, why would you possibly want to go from decades of marriage with one person to decades of being together with another person with no break? I mean, I think it's very valuable to take a break, reconnect with yourself. Um, heal yourself and be in a much better position before you really jump into a serious relationship again. Right. It is, it is, it is very important for that. I understand it though. It's consistency. You want to get back Mm -hmm. to a normal life. I mean, if there's one thing about my life that, that I really, I really miss, if you would, is Mm -hmm. the fact that I don't have that, that partner support. Uh, So, you know, I've got to go to work early. I can't, I don't have anyone to take the kids to school. Like, mm. I, you know, uh, childcare is a pain in the butt. Um, cause you're mm. fighting getting back to school in time. And the, even the after scare programs are, are, aren't, don't go late enough for me to get back like off work and to there. So yeah. it's, it's a constant struggle. That- yeah, it is. It's you go from being, this is what I tell people. In fact, I just wrote an article about this, um, about single, single working parents are the busiest people on the planet. <laughs> right. Cause Very. it doesn't stop from the minute you crack your eyelids open to the minute they close <laughs> you are on whether it's yeah. at your job whether it's with your kids whether and you don't have backup you don't have a you know phone a friend or yeah. phone a wife phone a husband exactly it's all on you 24 7 um no exactly so that's i i understand that you know wanting to get back and have that again and often what i found is not always because there are sometimes those those relationships that work so it's mm-hmm. no not a hard fast rule but if you get in too quickly you've got too much of the baggage that you carried that mm-hmm. you've brought into whatever you've got new and mm-hmm. then it doesn't then it doesn't i mean you yeah because you're you get- expecting what you had and you're, yeah. it's, it's new and different. Yeah. Um, I, I refer to that as paying for the sins of our exes. Right? <laughs> no, nobody really needs to sign up for that while we're still uh, processing. Cause that's, that's exactly what happens. We, we yeah. put, project that onto other people right. and it's really not fair on them. So, no. but as you know, the males, especially, I think uh, really get uh, at least I had a huge confidence hit. Uh, when I, when I, when I got divorced, I felt very rejected. Uh, mm. I felt very unattractive, very, you know, I was the refuge that was being just put out to the street mm. corner. Um, and, uh, which is a great thing for you to say out loud. Cause uh, <laughs> you know, women, we talk about that all the time. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> no one will ever find us attractive again. You know, our thighs are too fat or uh, whatever, <laughs> but it's good that a man is willing to admit that because you know, behind closed doors, I think actually all men feel like that. I, 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 I do. I, I think that so as well. Um, but so it was very important for me. And I got back into to the dating world um, relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say any of those relationships were healthy, mm-hmm. but um, in terms of full relationship status, but they gave me the psychological encouragement that I needed to move on. 
Mm. Um, Which is fine, right? Because I, I always tell people, it's okay to date for fun. It's okay just to date to get out of your house so you're not sat on your sofa yeah. seven nights a week waiting for whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you have to be honest about that. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be on these, you know, eat harmony match, whatever, yeah, saying yeah. like, I'm looking for my future husband, wife or whatever, because then when you go out and you're like, oh, no, 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 I just want a dinner, you're going to get a lot of upset people. But if you go out on the, you know, with the honesty that, hey, I just got separated, I just got divorced, I can't be in a serious relationship. But if you want to go for a drink, if you want to go and see a movie, then that's fine, right? Because then right. you know what you signed up for. Right. And, and, and some relationships, like the, the first couple, they, they didn't, they, they, one of them went way too long. Um, mm-hmm. and it just, it was, it was not healthy because I was, I was pulling from my, from, from past and putting mm-hmm. it on future and expecting it to be the same. And it wasn't, there's no way it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I was out there and doing that was I was, you know, validating yeah. myself and validating my worth if, if, if mm. in, in a way, and it sounds so cold and heartless to say that, but. But we don't do it. I think I have, I have to stick up for divorces and say, I think a lot of us don't do it. Um, consciously we do it subconsciously it's the same way that we're attracted to the same kind of person with the same kind of dynamic that we just escaped from (laughs) right (laughs) it's on a subconscious level and that's why you need that time in between divorce and remarriage or whatever or dating somebody whatever to really kind of reassess what went wrong in your marriage what parts are you to blame for what parts were they where the you know miscommunication where the unhealthy behaviors were the you know incompatibility or whatever and and really kind of go from there and I think that it's okay for us when we're divorces if we you know we're not a hundred percent right out of the gate know everything that we're supposed to know it's a learning process well I think I think if you if you can look at where you were in your in your marriage and 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 use that you know, as you move forward in picking where you want to go next and who you want to be with, because you're going to be looking for things now that you weren't looking for when you, when I was starting to date my ex, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 20 years ago that, you know, my life then was far different than what it is now. I know a lot more. I know what I like. I know what I don't like a lot more. I know where mm-hmm. I want to go so I can find a, you know, a better match today. Um, well, my next question. So I always ask my female guests, <laughs> So what's the scariest thing about um, online dating? Because pres- I'm presuming you have online dated in some form. So we right. hear like the men with the shirtless bathroom photos and the, <laughs> the like holding the dead animals and the weird things they say. So what do girls do that's really weird <laughs> but on social oh, uh, dating? I, I haven't come across any anything that, that I would say is, is weird. Um, I haven't, I haven't come across anyone who, who hasn't been, uh, somewhat truthful in, in their, uh, um, uh, online dating profiles. What I see is, um, empty. I don't, mm-hmm. I, you know, it, so it could be, it could be the market I'm in. It could be, you know, a number of, a number of things, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, they, I never ever got really a lot of responses. I actually, I've actually removed myself from, from a lot of the online dating um, 
And I go back every once in a while because because you got to. Because <laughs> <laughs> where dating any, happens today. I was going to say, you don't meet anyone um, sitting on your sofa, right? That's why I yeah. tell people. Like, um, you, you've got to, if you're not going to online date, then you have to do, do meetups or you have to join social clubs. You right. have to leave your house, go to the gym, whatever it is. But you're never going to, you know, no one's going to knock in your on your door at your house and be the perfect person for you. Not really. I, I, I always hope that that's going to happen, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, if it um, does, let me know. <laughs> no, it's, I found it, I found, uh, that from, from my side of things, I found it, uh, very superficial. Um, mm. and, uh, I spent a, a lot of time on things like Bumble and Tinder, uh, especially those ones where you'd spend so much energy that you're, you know, putting out into the system for so little value that was coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you had a, a, a chat uh, for a little bit with somebody, they would often just disappear or, or mm-hmm. go away. Um, so the, the biggest challenge was getting, like actually getting a connection with somebody. Right. And on, you know, online, that's really hard. You have to meet someone who is, who's willing to, to step out of the, the, you know, their boundaries uh, and, and go into that scary world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if, as I say, I don't know if it's it's just the profile. It's the fact that I'm a single dad and I'm not necessarily shy about that. Well, um, well, so I don't, I don't want to hide. Yeah. But as I say, I think it's also like a numbers game, right? If, mm-hmm. if a girl goes on social, on a dating app, she gets like hundreds of messages a day mm-hmm. because, you know, it's like the copy and paste system, right? I don't know what people do on there, but, <laughs> and, and for a man, it's different. Like, girls aren't out there contacting well very very few i think in comparison to contact. they're they're expecting the guys to go out and do all the contacting and Correct. the girls that that i typically want to uh I'll, I'll be reaching out to in the online forums i suspect they're getting hit up a whole lot right you know because yeah. they're going to be of the quality of women that that is you know desirable mm-hmm. um, so I think that I think you just end up with it being overly saturated at that level. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not, I never found that I was breaking through. So I, I stepped away every once in a while. I'll go back on and I'll, you know, mm-hmm. I'll meet somebody, you know, go on one date or, or whatnot and then, mm-hmm. and then come off again and do something else. Um, but I found most of my, most of my connections through, um, you know, old friends and yeah. led the friendship to, to blossom a little bit um, or at, you know, some kind of meetup or event, um, mm-hmm. and usually connections through friends. But that's always mm-hmm. that's always almost always how I met people. Yeah. Well, and I like it better anyway. I mean, I like I like in person. Like maybe I'm old school. But, you, know, <laughs> you go to a barbecue and they're friends of friends there. It's like you already you know you can do the kind of background check through through your friends. <laughs> like, hey, you know what she like. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're not going to get that on any kind of, you know, internet dating. You don't know who these people are, what mm-hmm. they've been through, what they're like on a daily basis. Um, and I think that is if you can if you can kind of swing that. And it's why I'm a big fan of meetups. So right? I think meetups is good because you meet people in person and you can tell a lot. You know, I think something ridiculous like 37 seconds, they say in psychology, when you meet someone within 37 seconds, you know whether you want to be with them or not on some level, you know, dating, sexually, relationship or whatever. And you can't, you can't do that online. No, I don't think so. Um, Okay. Well, Cameron, thank you so much. So how can people find you? Well, I I have, I run my, my blog at uh, stilldaddy.net. And I try and post 
you know, there at least once a month. It's, it's not a lot. Um, and then I share through uh, Facebook. Uh, you can find me uh, still daddy for for you at on Facebook uh, Facebook um, and then on uh, Instagram which is where I've been most active of of recent uh, just at still daddy right so do you have any last words of wisdom for our male uh, listeners today <laughs> what, what would your what would your one best piece of advice be don't 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 forget your friends um, they're there they're there to help you um, they understand even though they they may not like they're not going to reach out to you because they're going to be giving you space uh mm. but it's okay to reach out for them uh reach out to them and uh, uh lean on them a bit it's what friendship's about um and there are there are people out there there are podcasts out there there are there are uh, blogs out there that do have a positive side to it uh so stay positive and stay focused on on your kids because um, they 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 will bring you through a lot of the pain yeah. Well, that is great advice and a great way to end. So thank you so much, Cameron. Great that you're out there being a positive influence for single dads. And I wish you and your children well. I'm sure you have a bright, happy future ahead. Thank you very much. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, you've been listening to Dreams Recycle podcast. This is Tiffany Ann. Um, join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.